Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Enterprisers, welcome to another edition of the Enterprise Now show where we bring in really smart people in business that you can learn from. When you get really good at it, you get to the point where you can pull out the nuggets, the golden nuggets and the action items from conversations. I'm telling you, you've learned that one skill. It will fundamentally change your business forever. So I have Will Roundtree here with me today. We're going to talk business credit. We're going to talk funding, creative financing. We're also going to talk about how to manage the funds once you do get them. So, Will, before we break down, chop it up, and get into all of the good stuff, can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Right, we're about to get this going, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, we'll talk a little bit about how you got into management services in a little bit. But I always like to start off with the good stuff first. One of the things that caused me to fall in love with podcasting about seven years ago is I hit play and they got right into the content. I didn't have to wait to minute 55 or <laughs> minute 58. So we'll do the same today. So let's start off with business credit, why it's important and how to get it. Definitely. So business credit is extremely important for several reasons. One Everybody needs capital, <laughs> you know, especially as a business. But then, too, when I started to learn that one of the top reasons that small businesses fail is because of uh, the lack of being undercapitalized. But they're undercapitalized because they didn't know what options there were that were out there for them to be able to to get the capital. And I say that because most small businesses do not qualify for a small business loan. The banks know and, and all of this is driven by statistics. The banks know that uh, nine out of 10 businesses will fail year one through three. And the likelihood of a business being open past year one through three is about 10 percent. And so the odds are stacked against most people. So when people go to the bank and the first thing they say, oh, let me go get a small business loan. It's almost like looking for Bigfoot. It's almost non-existent. But then a lot of times people will say, well, let me try to go for an SBA loan. Less than 1% of businesses ever get approved for SBA loan, especially in the black community, because a lot of those businesses don't have their paperwork in order. They're not filing their taxes properly. A lot of them are operating as sole proprietors. And so they don't have the proper essential documentation in order to actually qualify, which most small businesses, no matter what you know, a community or race they come from, the success rate of approval with SBA 
usually can be very minimal. So business funding, what I found has been something that a lot of businesses needed, but they didn't know how to go after it until I started learning about creative financing. And the reason the creative financing was so important is because a lot of businesses were being predatorial targeted for what are called MCA loans, which stands for Merchant Cash Advance, which essentially is a payday loan for a business. I'll give you an example of what that looks like. So a person can go out there and let's say they, they borrow twenty thirty thousand dollars which usually they'll borrow that against your uh, bank statements. So if you can show a decent amount of you know money's being deposited and they will even show you how to creatively deposit that money in your account so you can get approved. And, but I'm going to tell you why. So let's say you get approved for thirty thousand dollars. There is a daily repayment and the interest rates can be as much as seventy nine percent or higher. And so and and then what they do is they'll attach it to your bank account, which means they would draw the funds every single day. And so you're talking about having to pay back thirty thousand dollars in a let's say a 18 month to 36 month time frame at a 79 percent interest rate. We're talking about on average is going to cost that person about nine to eleven thousand dollars to pay back against thirty thousand. There usually is a prepayment penalty. And you, if you, let's say you make a, a chunk and pay half, the payment does not adjust based upon the balance. You still have to continue to pay that out. And so this is why the business funding or me learning about creative financing to help small businesses get business funding was extremely important because I know a lot of people in the lower economic communities from a business standpoint were being targeted the most. So yeah, the business funding has been vital and essential for helping a lot of small and medium-sized businesses get access to funding. Got it. So talk about business credit a little bit, because I imagine that's probably the first step, right? So now you're set up correctly as a business, right? LLC or what have you, and you're filing your taxes. Talk a little bit about business credit and how to get that structured and, and set up. Definitely. And so I often say that people have a misconception of business credit. And what I mean by that is, a lot of the times people are saying, hey, I want to get business credit, but I don't want to use my Social Security number. And I have to tell people that's not the case. That's not how it works. So business credit essentially is you getting credit for your business, but you are the personal guarantor. Ninety nine percent of the banks will ask for a personal guarantor. And let me clarify this for cash value business credit. And the reason I say cash value is because. There's so much misinformation out there on the Internet where you can get business credit without using your personal guarantor, which is your Social Security number. But they are what are called vendor accounts and store department cards. So this is where you can go to the Staples, the, the Shell gas station, Home Depot, Lowe's, which means you can only use that credit for that institution. But to actually get approved for what they call a financial line which would be an American Express, a, a Wells Fargo, Bank of America lot, business line of credit, which there's a difference between a credit card and a business line of credit. And then they also have what are called installment loans. That is where you will always have to use your personal guarantor. But now here's something I also want to make mention of. When it comes to business credit, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always only tied to the business. You also can get a personal line of credit or a personal credit card to use it for the business as well, too, especially for those who business is not a season 
nor do they have the proper documentation as tax returns, P&Ls, or their business may not have even started. So if you have good personal credit and you're looking to start a business and get your business off the ground, and I often tell people with my story, my first kind of seed capital, I had I got access to about $47,000 of personal credit. And I use that to actually invest to get my business off the ground, get my business registered with the secretary of state, pay for my business license, pay for an attorney to do my operating agreement, pay for all of the things that I had to invest to make sure that the foundation of my business was done properly, because that's the other thing and why a lot of people don't get access to the adequate funding is that. Their foundation in, uh, of the business, the structure isn't formed properly, nor are they even bank compliant. So business funding or business credit isn't necessarily just tied to the business. I say that it's credit that you can use for your business to grow, start and scale a business. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about creative financing. You mentioned how you used your access to capital on the personal side to start your business and fund it. So talk a little bit about how you got started in your business and what it is that you guys do. Yeah, definitely. So I've been an entrepreneur since 2003. You know, a lot of people who know me and been following my journey, I share that story often. And I I got started not necessarily trying to be a business owner. I started in network marketing and I didn't make a lot of money in the beginning. It's important to always tell people this story. But the one thing that I did gain was the personal development. I really started to learn that the way I think is what's going to dictate my success in my business. And so it's important that I share that because I had to have a complete different mindset shift in order for me to even understand the importance of being able to leverage my personal credit. And so what I did was, is I actually read a book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Cashflow Quadrant. And he actually talked about and utilized the term OPM, other people's money. And he broke down the scenario and strategy on how he actually got started in real estate and that he bought his first investment property using a credit card. And so when I heard that, it blew my mind. And so I started doing some research and started coming up on this term called creative financing. And so I'm like, okay, let me find out what this creative financing is about. And essentially it's utilizing creative financing ways to fund your business or to fund, you know, your project. And so essentially he was taking credit cards to invest in real estate. So I said, Hmm, if I can take adopt that concept, Why can't I go and get some credit cards to invest to start my business? And so that's what I did. It actually took me two, three years to get my personal credit right. You name a negative item, it was on my credit. (laughs) A collection, a repo, a charge off, a judgment, like I had all of that. But was able to eventually fix my credit, saw the power of having good credit, was able to go to a few banks, get a couple credit cards. This was around like 2012, 2013. Use that to, to start my business. And from there, that's how I actually formed We Management Services, which I eventually turned it into a, a financial educational company. Our main focus is the education because it's one thing to help somebody fix their credit, but then 60% of them end up right back in the same situation. It's one thing to help somebody get a line of credit, but 90% of businesses usually fold or go bankrupt, even once they do have a little bit of capital. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to 
properly educate people on all of those strategies. So with the creative financing, essentially what it is and the power of how I was able to break it down is, first of all, I started studying economics because I often say that one of the reasons why a lot of small businesses, especially in our communities, don't make it is that we don't learn the economics of, of things. We hear financial literacy, but I think that the, the economics is the second part of that. And so in my four step roundtree methodology, I call it that there's four things that you need to focus on or four steps. Number one is mindset. Number two is overstanding the power of credit. Number three is knowing the cost of money. That's the economic part, which eventually will help you build assets and wealth building. And so knowing the cost of money or i.e. the economics, which was the important component of the business funding. And here's what I mean. So as a brand new business to get started, obviously, your main focus should be to get a customer. But to get a customer, you may have to do some marketing, build a website or whatever that case may be. And as a brand new business, you may not have the capital or the funds to do so. So I actually broke down and calculated what my economics would be. So I said, OK, if I put together a marketing campaign for the next 90 days and it cost me three thousand dollars a month. OK, so I know that's going to cost me a total of nine thousand dollars now. Prior to knowing about using creative financing, I would have sat there and scratched my head trying to figure out how am I going to save $3,000 a month? I still got my regular life to, to pay bills on, let alone my, my bills in my business. So I utilized some of the capital from that $47,000 I initially got, put it towards my marketing budget, and then my focus just became, okay, if I do this marketing campaign, I've invested $9,000 over 90 days. The debt servicing or the cost of that $9,000 was only going to cost me, let's just say, about $175 a month. So that means all I had to focus on was being able to at least pay back that $175 based upon getting in front of the customers that I used the $3,000 a month to go out there and get in front of or to acquire. And so when I started to reverse engineer how to build, how to pay for marketing, what my cost of the marketing would be or the minimum cost, and then how many customers I had to get in front of to be able to, you know, pay for the $175 per month, especially when my average ticket price was $500. So I only had to get at least one customer to service that debt. And when I started to really learn that, that's what I began to master. And that's why a lot of businesses usually can't make it because they haven't calculated that part. But that's why the having business funding was so important because it allowed me to take the pressure of having to use my savings or pull for my 401k or disrupt my personal life. So this way I can just focus on truly building my business. So that's the power of what business credit can do for somebody. Got it. What? Because you could have done pretty much anything in terms of your business. What made you decide to do financial education? So it started out as a personal need. For those you know who may not know, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, moved to Las Vegas, Nevada in 2005. And prior to moving there, I was told that credit is going to become the new dollar. I was told this in 2003. And when I moved to Las Vegas in 2005, I quickly found out why that was the case. That was because I couldn't rent an apartment because my credit was bad. I couldn't purchase a vehicle without having a down payment. And, and as I started to learn that having bad credit is brutally expensive, 
because you pay three times for everything. And so I remember that that quote that the gentleman had dropped on me two years prior. So I wanted to make it my mission to go and fix my personal credit. And so it took, like I say, it took me about two, three years to do so. And I was able to go purchase a vehicle with no down payment. That blew my mind because we always assume you have to put money down on a vehicle. But no, that is not the case. And I, I haven't put money down on a vehicle in probably over 15 plus years. And I've had vehicles that range from $20,000 all the way up to in the six figures. And so that blew my mind. Then I was able to purchase a home in 2013. Here again, coming from Milwaukee, I didn't even fathom being a homeowner. But here I am. I was able to purchase my first primary residence. And I said, you know what? If this information was valuable for me, I wonder how this could help other people. And so I really was just going out there kind of no different than if I was to tell you about a good movie. I wasn't looking at this from a business standpoint. I would just say, hey, how's your credit look? Have you looked into what your credit can do? And like I was like a little kid in a candy store and I was so excited. And I'm sure people was looking at me a little weird because credit wasn't as kind of alluring as it is in today's time. And so as I started to see just the power of what credit can do, then what I started doing is reaching out to realtors and asking to work with them completely free of charge about doing home buying workshops to, you know, and I would come in and just talk about credit. And when I started to see the, the need in the marketplace, that is when I decided to kind of take it seriously and really start going out there. And, and again, my focus was always the education first. It was never to be like a credit salesperson or anything like that, because I knew that the information was the most important component of it. And so the Cliff Notes version is it really just started out as a personal need. I started to share my story. I started to share it with other people. And then it just morphed into where it is today. Got it. Talk a little bit about your services and how you decided to structure them, right? You strike me as somebody who's uh, really business savvy. So I'm sure there was some thought and intention around how you set your business up, why you offer courses and training and, and why structurally you do things the way you do them. Definitely. So my main focus when I started my company was I didn't want to run my business like a hobby. And the reason that was important to me, because I actually I remember probably around 2012, no, 2014, I was speaking with my financial mentor at the time. And we always did this year end review where he would ask me, you know, how did your income look for the year? Even while I was on my nine to five and still trying to attempt to grow my business. And he kept seeing a pattern and the pattern was I was writing off everything every year. And he said, "Will, you don't have a business. You have a hobby. And and unless you get serious about your business, it's going to cost you more money. And so for one, it was a gut check because I was running around the town calling myself an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman, but I'm claiming a loss every year and making a net negative. And so I decided to really take it serious. And I said, I want to focus on actually having a company. And I remember in a book, Think and Grow Rich, they said to build a company, you have to build people. And so I also learned in a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, how to work with people. So I took all of these components that I've learned 
also information from my mentor. I utilized my credit to go out there to actually build a company. And I wanted to have some type of structure because one, customer experience was important to me. Two, having an actual process that delivers a result was important to me. And then having a process because my end goal too was I wanted to be the CEO that worked above my business, not within my business. Because a lot of people call themselves a CEO, but you can't be the CEO if you're the janitor, the accountant, the marketing person. So I, I really focused on building a structure within my business. So from there, what I decided to do is, is okay, and this is probably around 2016, 17, how can I get in front of thousands of people? Well, the only way I can do so is I either got to host an event or two, I can put together a program and let people enroll into those programs. So I actually put together a program called Credit Mastery, which is where it was a breakdown of about 25 to, I believe, 30 something lessons where I would literally walk them step by step on what credit is, how to understand credit, broke down what interest rates are, talked about co-signing, talked about, I mean, just a high level breakdown of everything credit. But then I also gave people direction on if their credit was challenged, what they can do. And so from that standpoint, then I also wrote my book called titled Credit is King, which I dropped in 2016 to this day to sold probably close to about 50,000 plus copies. And so it was really important for me really just to educate people. And I've learned that my focus was never to sell. Even when I go around the country and I'm doing events and speaking at workshops, I don't use PowerPoints. I'm not doing the hard clothes. What I've learned in business is that my goal is if I educate you, you're going to make an educated decision. If I try to sell you, it, it, it increases your defense mechanisms. And so I structured my business, one, to run like an actual business, two, so I can be the actual CEO, three, to ensure that I'm building a business that I can eventually have a valuation for that I can eventually sell and have an exit. And thirdly, I wanted to make sure that I can create an opportunity to also employ other individuals. So that was also important to me. So essentially, that's what my company does. That's why it was important for me to run it as a business. And now I've just really been focused on scaling. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear if you have any specific examples on creative financing, like a project that you built out or that you put together that the listeners can kind of glean from. Definitely. So I'm a huge investor. I love investing in real estate and I love investing in businesses. And I, I classify businesses as I only buy businesses that are making money or invest in businesses that are making money. And I say that because I like cash flow. And this is how when you hear Robert Kiyosaki talks about building wealth or even in a book, Cash Flow Quadrant, you want to eventually get to the I quadrant because that is where you pay the least amount of taxes and you get the most amount of freedom. And so, again, going back to his strategy. My first investment using creative financing was with real estate. And I'll give you a breakdown. So I often tell people investing is really fifth grade math. <laughs> and here's how I'll explain. If I know something is going to cost me $500 okay, a month, I just have to find something that's going to pay me at least $600. The $600 will pay the 500 and I have a $100 profit. So 
My very first investment property, there was a property selling in Cleveland, Ohio for $25,000. Okay. Now, the other thing that I learned, from, not necessarily from Robert Kiyosaki, but just when it comes to buying cash flow was something called the velocity of your money, which means how fast you put it out there and how fast you can get it back. Well, in real estate investing, the fastest way or to create that velocity of money was to invest in what are called turnkey rental properties. And a turnkey property essentially means I'm not going out there buying a, a property that I have to rehab. I want to find a property that is rental ready or already has tenants in place. So this way I have a predictable stream of income off top. So now I already can pre-calculate what my ROI is going to be, which stands for return on investment. So going back to the, the $25,000 investment property. So I had a line of credit from the bank for about $70,000. I used a portion of that to invest into that rental property. Now, the property was $25,000. It was already cash flowing $925 a month. This was in 2017, 2017, 18. So the $25,000 on the line of credit was going to cost me about $475. So I already knew that if I pay the money to buy that property is going to cost me $475. The investment property was already grossing 925 or nine, yeah, about 925. I have enough to service the debt on the $475. Now, of course, there's other fees, property management, taxes, insurance, etc. But at the end of the day, I was getting about a 15% ROI on my money. And so the easiest way for me to just kind of break it down in layman's terms and how to leverage credit so it can actually make you money or create cash flow is, is I buy something, I figure out what the payment is going to cost, or you hear me use the word debt servicing. I find a, a vehicle, i.e. a business, i.e. an investment property that is going to at minimum service the debt. Now, here's why I like to do it in real estate. I purchased the property for $25,000. That doesn't mean that's what it's worth. The property debt servicing is $475. The rent is $925. After a few years, I'm paying my credit card balances down, but then also the appreciation of that property is increasing. So after about two years, the property is now worth about $57,000. I was actually able to refinance that property because I owned it free and clear. I didn't have a mortgage. It wasn't even tied to the credit card. The payment was just on the credit card. I eventually refinanced, pulled 80% of that money off, was able to get about $40,000 tax-free, pay the rest of that line of credit off. And now the mortgage on that property, because I refinanced it now is only $200 a month. So now I'm even getting more cash flow. So that is probably the easiest way that I show people, one, how to leverage credit, two, how to make money using your credit. And thirdly, going into that fourth component of what I talked about on the four steps of how to create assets through wealth building. Okay, so now we've built our business credit. We understand some creative financing. We understand how to leverage that once we get the cash flow. Talk a little bit about managing the business after that, right? So now we got this, our credit's good, right? We got some cash flow coming in. How do we manage this thing so that we stick around? Definitely. Now, are you talking about manage the business or manage the debt or both? Both. Okay, so let's talk about the debt management component. So this is where a portion of 
Being able to manage the debt also is about managing your business. But let me put it to you like this. Often tell people that none of this will work if you're not a disciplined person. And that's why the mindset is so important. Like there's an inside joke in my family where my mother would always go around and tell people, I made sure my son may start learning how to make his bed at the age of three. And I I couldn't even leave my bedroom unless I made my bed every single day. Until this day, I will not get in a messy bed. If I wake up and I forget, and usually I don't forget to make up my bed, but if my bed gets a little ruffled, I'm going to fix it throughout the midday before I get back into it. Now, why is that important? Because that's a habit that I developed at a very early age. Now, the reason it's hard for a lot of people to manage debt, and I use the word debt very sarcastically, because when people hear debt, they get scared. But there's different debt structures. I'm teaching people how to leverage what is called structured debt, which is what all multi-millionaires, billionaires, and affluent people do. Debt is what makes people millionaires. Okay. And so when you break that down, I use structured debt, meaning I'm going to use my credit to go and buy a piece of property that's going to service this debt and then make me money or buy a business or whatever. And so back to your question. First of all, you have to be disciplined financially because it's easy to go get a line of credit for ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, especially for someone who's never had that amount of credit. And because credit doesn't feel like real money, it doesn't feel like you actually work for it. It's easy to go spend. And so, first of all, you have to become disciplined. And that's where I talk about those habits that I developed at the age of three. I became very disciplined with my money. Secondly, I have to develop a habit of just being patient. See, a lot of times I meet so many people who go and get capital or want to go into business and they're so busy looking at everybody else's lens that they're trying to hurry up and get there. Not knowing that the person who you're looking at probably has been in the game or running this race for 20 years like myself. So stop trying to compare yourself to somebody who's on chapter 20 and you're still in the introductory stage of your book. Or in your journey. So that level of patience, that level of discipline is how you manage it. Then you have to learn how to delegate. This is one of the most underutilized things that I talk about is that I have what I call my A-team in business. I have my accountant, my attorney, and my financial advisor. When you have those individuals, they're going to also help keep you on track because one, you got to make sure you stay compliant with your business and And then with the laws, with your attorney, you got to make sure your accountant keeps you economically compliant, filing your taxes, making sure you're in the best tax structure based upon the revenue you're uh, generating. Make sure that you have the proper documentation when you're ready to go to the bank. And they're going to also help you to see what your gross and net revenue is for your business. I think another reason why a lot of people get in financial binds is because they really don't know how much they make. That's in their personal or business. And I'll give you an example. If you ask 10 people, how much do you make? They'll say, oh, I make $50,000 a year. Okay, what's your net? Uh, What's that? They can't even tell you what their net income is. And your net is, you know, what you bring home after taxes or on paper, your net is what is your adjusted gross income? That means after you've written off all your expenses and et cetera, that's what you make. So for the average person who makes 50,000, 
if we just take it based off of what you pay in the income taxes, depending on your tax bracket, you may actually net about 42,000. But guess what happens? Most people are living off of the 50. And this is what gets people in financial binds. And that's why you want to have your accountant. And then I have my financial advisor who kind of lets me know like what I can afford to invest in, what kind of pitfalls to look for. Like that person who I can pick up the phone and ensure that I'm making a sound decision. And so from a business standpoint, that was the financial and debt side. On the business side, I hire people who are much smarter than me. I don't know everything about marketing. I'm going to hire a marketing team. I don't know everything about customers. I don't have time to run my customer service department. I'm going to hire people to answer the phones for me. I don't want to answer every email. I want to focus on income producing activities. I'm going to hire a personal assistant, an executive. So I've learned to use my credit to delegate, to hire people in position that can delegate, which allows me to be the CEO, which I'm the quarterback, I'm the visionary, and I'm the one who's building the people in my company and building the culture. So that way my company will continue to grow. So that's how I've learned to manage both sides. And it's a lot of work, but I often tell people, this is what we prayed for. We prayed to be busy. (laughs) So, Yeah. What's coming up for you the next six months to a year as you look at the things that you're excited about, what's the top two things you're most excited about? Oh man, my top two things. One is my business acquisitions that I've recently made and some of the opportunities that are still out there. Going back into talking about, I've been able to leverage my credit to invest into several businesses that were already doing well over seven figures annually. Recently invested into a a digital tech company that is a global tech company. So I'm extremely proud about that. And in the second half of what I'm excited about is everything I'm really doing on the business side is more about me now building my legacy. And what I mean by that is that I'm really focused on licensing my IP. And for those who don't know what that means, intellectual property. So I've been fortunate enough to license my information and curriculum and my books to uh, colleges, to uh, other companies, to organizations. And I actually just signed a partnership with a tech company where we're actually looking to put together a a, a nationwide initiative because what I found out that there's billions of dollars out there that the government is giving away to people who are little, who are out there educating people in this financial literacy space, but you have to tap in with the right organizations. And so I've been fortunate enough to tap in with the right organizations by licensing my IP to them. And so this is what's going to be my legacy play, which means this is what's going to keep my names in the books of just this whole financial literacy space. Because the only way you build a legacy is when your children, when your grandkids, grandkids can remember you. That's what a legacy is. And so that's really what my focus has been as of late for those two projects I'm working. Cool, man. I, I could talk to you all day. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, what you do and your story. How can they do that? Yeah. So you can find me across all social media platforms at Mr. Will Roundtree. I have two books on Amazon, which are of Credit is King, as well as Full Time CEO. I have a YouTube channel with tons of content. You also can find my TEDx talk on there, which I'm also a TEDx speaker. 
And again, of course, all social media platforms, Facebook, TikTok, which you won't see me dancing on, then Facebook, Twitter. So yeah, uh, I'm, you can Google me. So I'm very accessible. I have a ton of free content out there, ton of information, books, training courses. And then of course, my website, which is wemanagementservices.com, which you can get a plethora of not only just my enrolled courses, but also uh, bite-sized digital courses, eBooks, and just Anything financial, education, you can literally just Google my name and you'll find it online. Cool, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.